Welcome to Breaking Bad News, Apron Food PR's podcast about food brands, recalls, withdrawals, alerts and issues, and the way they're treated in the press and on social media. Welcome to Breaking Bad News. I'm Jeff Hahn, your host. And with me today is not Jenny Gregorsik. Jenny, as you may have heard from our last episode, is actually on parental leave. And she and her new daughter are doing terrifically fine. So I have brought into the studio a very special guest, my friend, Chris Watkins. Chris, welcome to Breaking Bad News. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Chris, you're all the way here from... Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Beautiful place. Now, Chris, why are you on my podcast? Uh, I feel like because we're buds. Uh, we but, are buds. But also um, because I have some really good experience in the restaurant world. Uh, I've been um, a general manager of four different restaurants that are fairly busy in the in the restaurant world. Uh, they're multi-million dollar operations. Um, the last one was uh, about $8 million a year, uh, which is a, a pretty sizable operation, and uh, have been in the hospitality business for, for over 20 years. Now, when you're running an $8 million a year restaurant, how many staff does it take to pull that through per a year? You know, we had uh, about 100. Yeah, um, so you have 100 employees. Yes, yes, with. exactly. Between uh, kitchen staff, gosh, all the dishwashers, the prep cooks, the cooks, the chef, the... Um, Accounting folks uh, and then front of the house folks as well, with, um, bartenders, servers. Right, right. In a uh, but this podcast is called Breaking Bad News. This is not a place where a reputable restaurant would want to find itself. Well, I think uh, all restaurants, uh, <laughs> no matter how good you are, you get to deal with uh, disgruntled customers from time to time, and and I think um, uh, providing people with some useful tools on on how to do that is. Uh, is that welcome information. That's what makes Breaking Bad News so special is that we're not afraid to confront the obviously bad things that happen. And things do happen. Things happen all of the time. And not only in the operation of the restaurant itself where equipment breaks, and those are wear and tear kinds of things, but it's this really strange interface with customers who, of course, you got to have them. And yet um, they cause every once in a while bad news to break. Well, absolutely. And, you know, there are some things that you can do uh, to, to get ahead of that a little bit. I mean, in, in my experience in restaurants, you uh, you prepare and you prepare and you, you look at your um, sales history from previous years and event schedules that are going on around the restaurants, uh, you know, with major events. And the NCAA tournament came oh, to Spokane right. very, very often. And so right. that's something that can really just destroy a restaurant uh, if you're, <laughs> if you're not um, staffed and ready for it. Um, but, you know, from just your day-to-day operation, take away those special events and those crazy things. Um, you know, what we tried to do was create a, a service culture that uh, every one of our staff would live on a day-to-day basis that would uh, hopefully limit the the bad news situations right. that we would wind up dealing with. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about this uh, culture of service. I think, you know, when you and I were preparing for our conversation here, you you, you um, talked about it almost as if it's a inoculation. If you have all of these positive things into place, 
it'll either marginalize or minimize the opportunity for a negative thing to happen. And so can you unpack a culture of service for us? What are the ingredients, if you will, in a good restaurant culture of service? You know, I think uh, it starts at the front door with the uh, with the hiring process. So you're you're bringing team members on that uh, are are professionals in the business. They're not just looking for you know that tip job that's going to to get them through uh, their their financial hard times or their college or whatnot. Those people can be good, um, but they have to have uh, the ability to really buy in to the culture that you're trying to create. And that that culture is one that really everyone on the staff is sincerely vested in the, the guests' um, uh, experience in your restaurant from start to finish. I think what I hear you saying is it's, it's not enough. I, I don't wanna just work. I actually want to be in the restaurant business. That This is where I want my career to be. And that's a, the first part of the screening that you look for. You want, you want somebody who wants to be in restaurants. Absolutely. And, and someone who, you know, you have people that have gained experience over time that will, um, yes, they've worked, you know, as a bartender for 10 years at a different location, but if they don't have a willingness to have a, a genuine caring about the experience that guests, uh, experience in in the restaurant then then you know that person may not be a good fit for uh, for a place that i would run yeah as a bartender it's not you don't want to hire somebody who hates people absolutely that's just one of those sort of uh, table stakes well and you know one of the things that you'll hear me repeat over and over again is that we in the restaurant business in the hospitality business you have guests uh you don't have customers uh Ah, customers have a, a purely an exchange of money for uh, for a good or service. And uh, in restaurants, you're really, you have an opportunity to create something special. Uh, typically, you're taking time out of your day to, to share a meal with your friends or family, um, to celebrate special occasions, to, you know, commemorate uh, bad occasions. And, um, and those folks are guests in our establishment for that time. And, 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 you know, we try to create this environment where the staff feels like we have a responsibility to that guest to, to provide the best that we, that we possibly can. Yeah. You're kind of in the moment making business in that, in that respect, huh? Absolutely. But would someone want to come to your restaurant to celebrate a bad experience? Well, I, and I, I only <laughs> that say weird. that in, in, in that, you know, if someone, uh, it might uh, be a memorial or something. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Memorial services typically are wind up being things. I'll that, let you off the hook. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now this customer, this, uh, this, uh, culture, sorry, culture of service. If you have it at the front door, the host or the hostess that they're looking at people like their guests as if they're coming into their own home to the wait staff feeling that same way. And there's a, there are behaviors and practices um, that a, even a wait staff has to adopt in order to create a culture of service. What are those, what are the indicators of success in that space? You know, I think uh, a lot of it is that the, the service staff, we expect them to be um, uh, very forward thinking and anticipating the guest needs um and so you know your your beverage should never be 
uh, lower than a third before you're asking if someone needs a refill or, yeah, least, or an additional cocktail. Or, yeah, three fingers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, asking asking questions, uh, making sure that the guests, uh, they understand the menu, they're making the right choices, uh, repeating back to that guest what their order is. Um, it's, uh, it's something that I understand that, you know, I've been a server before and, and if I have a table of two or four people, I can remember what you ordered, but as I write it down in front of that guest, something puts them at ease. They understand that their, uh, their cheeseburger with bacon and cheddar is not going to turn into a pepperoni pizza. And then you're free to, uh, sit and enjoy your company and your cocktails and, and it kind of. Uh, creates that that feeling of yeah, sounds, comfort sounds like um, active listening skills are really an important part of the culture of service what about in the back of house how do you how do you take culture of service and infuse it into the uh, the prep kitchen and the all of the actual making of the food you know i think uh it has to be a certain standard of quality that you are unwavering on and so there are um in any given restaurant there are a lot of pieces to the team and a lot of opportunities for failure along that uh you know that path from receiving the the food supplies and then prepping them and looking at produce and whether or not it's um, is it as fresh as we need it to be? Uh, is the um, are the buns that we're we're receiving are they as fresh as we need them to be? Uh, and then moving on to the cooking line, it, everyone who's a professional in the kitchen they know when they plate that dish and it's ready to go to the guest. They know if it's perfect, and uh, having having that attention to detail and making sure that um, they know that if maybe something doesn't look quite right or or maybe they they got sidetracked and overcooked something um, it's their responsibility right then to make that right before we send it out to the guest yeah it makes sense and that's a, a conversation that translates from the line to the front of house then as also the culture of service I guess would be a wait staff person would say this plate's not right. I'm not even taking it to the table. Absolutely so. And, and we try to make sure that everyone understands that, um, you know, there can be in restaurants, there can be tumultuous relationships between the front and the back of the house yep. because uh, the kitchen staff is under fire and they're trying to make dinner for 300 people all at once. And when they have you know, a seemingly in their mind, a needy server saying this dish doesn't look quite right. I would like it to be remade or fixed or something. Um, tensions can run high in the moment and uh, you have to make sure that everyone understands that uh, that guest that's receiving that uh, is is of primary concern, not, not how you feel about um, your job at that very given moment. Oh yeah, that's, uh, that could turn into bad news by itself if those two get into it. Absolutely so. Absolutely. Has that ever happened to you? Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, on a, I mean, typically when I've gone into restaurants, there's always a, a situation that needs to be fixed in that way. And yeah. on the cultural side, on the cultural side, and and you have to really sit down and say, hey, you guys, we're all on the same team. Uh, this isn't a us against you. Uh, we we know that we have very different jobs and very different skill sets, and there are reasons that they do the jobs they do. Um, but we're all on the same team and, and we need to 
focus on working together to make sure that that end result is what we're what we're working for. Well, Chris, all of this culture of service is interesting. It sets up a condition. It sets up an atmosphere. It sets up an environment inside of a restaurant for success, you would hope. But we know things that uh, can go sideways at times. We're going to take a quick break and make sure we give our sponsor a bump. Then we're going to come back and I want to I want to talk a little bit about and ask you some questions. How does this culture of service then translate to the guests? All right, you're ready, you're going to uh, have some good things for us to say about types of customers, right? Absolutely. All right. We're going to take this quick break. We'll be right back. This episode of Breaking Bad News is sponsored by no one because no brands want to be associated with this topic. And can you blame them? The team from Apron Food PR, however, is proud to step into the vacuum. You can learn more about Apron Food PR's brand protection and promotion work by visiting apronfoodpr.com. Welcome back to Breaking Bad News. I'm your host, Jeff Hahn. We're here to talk today about restaurants. Often, restaurants are have terrific experience for people. Every once in a while, bad news breaks. And in place of my typically reliable colleague, Jenny Gorsick, who is out on parental leave, my buddy Chris Watkins from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, is here in the studio. Chris, we've been talking about culture of service, what that creates inside of your restaurant. I want to take a turn now and talk about the guests themselves. You, do you... Um, I don't know. Maybe it's sort of like over time, do you, can you classify a guest? Do you have sort of types of guests? You can kind of compartmentalize them uh, a little bit, you know, into three groups. We'll say, you know, you have your regular groups, the people that uh, you see uh, two, three times a week, four times a week, um, sometimes every day. And those people are the ones that come in and you you know them by name, you know their face, they know a lot of your staff. You know their credit card number. Their credit card number, nice. you know yes. uh, what their kid's number is in football and you know where they went fishing last weekend and so on and so forth. Right, and, right. and so these are people that uh, they've come to really enjoy the experience that your establishment provides. And they reward you with uh, their their hard-earned money on a regular basis. Um, those folks, when you uh, may slip up or something isn't quite up to speed, they can feel very comfortable with just mentioning it to your staff uh, and um, and shrugging it off and giving you another chance because they, they absolutely love you. Yeah, they're going to say, hey, this wasn't as good as typically. Um, I'll look forward to seeing you guys next week or y'all whenever – whenever they're going to come back. Um, but you, uh, you can then uh, give them a solid if you need to. It, it's easy because you know you're going to see them and you, you know, buy them a drink or, or something like that, that uh, they've, they've already forgotten about the right. situation. So Those are your regulars. Do you also have rookies one time only? They come in uh, and you might not ever see them again. You know, for sure. Um, and you hope that uh, those people that you don't ever see again may be visiting on a trip and, and that's why you're not seeing them. Um, you, uh, you hope that every time you audition your, your restaurant to a new guest that you're going to earn their business again. Uh, but that's not always the case. Well, if you got your regulars and you got your rookies, 
These are the drive-bys. They're there for a special occasion. Maybe, as you say, like a NCAA basketball tournament. They just happen to be in town. There's a third type that, um, well, we wouldn't put them in the regular category. They are. They might be rookies and come by every one of the every once in a while. But we would also refer to them as being the unreasonables. Oh, certainly. Uh, you want to talk about the unreasonables? You know, so these are folks that typically. Um, so let's say we've done a really good job of creating this service culture yep. and we uh, find our way through the dining experience and these folks uh, are always going to try to find a way to be unhappy or upset with something. And when that happens, uh, your well-trained staff is going to react and they're going to offer another uh, a suitable replacement or um you know, to fix or replace whatever uh, they might be unhappy with. But these folks have just decided that they they are unhappy and there is going to be no pleasing them. Wow. And um, have you ever had the, a mix of the unreasonable regular? Um, they keep coming back and complaining every time. You know, it it has happened. And uh, quite honestly, their uh, statement that I really like is that not all money is good money. Uh, <laughs> there there was a, a woman who every day for a week, she came into my restaurant and every single day she would order something, uh, didn't like it. We made her something else, didn't like it. Uh, and she had clearly eaten most of all of these meals and then, you know, demands to have the meal comped when uh, when she's finished because she hates everything. And uh, on the fourth or fifth day, I remember um, going up to her and letting her know that we'd, of course, taken care of her bill because we don't expect folks to pay for things that they're unhappy with, but that she was no longer allowed in our restaurant because clearly we weren't the place for her. Whoa. Did you call the cops on her or something? No, I didn't have to do that. Gosh, um, that would have been exciting. It, it would have been, for sure. But it could have turned worse, right? If you had called the cops on her, that could have turned into the next part of our conversation. And here's where breaking bad news really kicks in and becomes a public service to all of our listeners. There is this funny thing that our reason, our uh, regulars, our rookies, and our unreasonables all have an opportunity to do following their experience at your restaurants. They can put a review up online. And it's online reviews where bad news can break. Absolutely. And, you know, it used to be the the statement is that, you know, if, if a guest has a good experience in your restaurant, then they may tell one or two of their friends about how great your place is. Uh, if they have a bad experience, then they're probably going to tell 20 or 30 of their <laughs> friends. Oh, my gosh. Um, but now, yes. if they have an experience that they want to uh, talk about, then they put it online, and all of a sudden, there are thousands and thousands of people that have, have read about their experience instantly. Yeah, I think it was uh, Winston Churchill who said something like, uh, the a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth even get its, gets its pants on. And that feels like it's true in online reviews where, um, yes, you can get some really nice reviews, and uh, but people don't respond to them that much. But a negative review could get halfway around the world before you even know that your reputation is being challenged. Absolutely. And, and it's really important 
to uh, make a response to that and, and kind of get ahead of that fire uh, before it gets halfway around the world. Right. We're going to talk a little bit about the techniques, but um, let's talk a little bit first about the different uh, reviewing uh, sources. There are some are more friendly than others. For example, um, TripAdvisor. <laughs> Right? Sure, Is sure. That, that's a friendly. Or no? I, you know, historic in in my experience, there there are a few. So you have TripAdvisor and Facebook and Google, and uh, those are typically the big three. That generally people are um, a lot more thoughtful in their process, and uh, they offer a lot more feedback, but uh, are very very much more friendly in in their choice of words and, and in their reviewing. And maybe there's a trip advisor staff that uh, regulates a little bit of that language because they want to create their own tone of voice in TripAdvisor. You know, I think so. Uh, I think that they want to create that, but I, I do know that there isn't really any editing that's done of reviews. Um, you are, you are held to whatever those posts wind up being. And it's you have an opportunity to respond and you know set the record straight if if that's the case. If, but. Yeah, yeah. Now let's move down kind of like a continuum. What's the next friendliest place where people write reviews? You know, Facebook definitely is. Um, those are typically people that have uh, gone onto Facebook and they like quote unquote like your establishment, um, and they've checked in with their friends, and maybe they've posted a picture to Facebook or Instagram, and then. Uh, you know, it Facebook kind of coaches you into reviewing the experiences that you've had, and and um, typically those are are quite a lot more friendly, and and it's much easier with Facebook. You know, it's a um, you can throw up five stars without uh, adding any additional verbiage to that about your experience, and so it's it's easy to just click that five and move on with your day. And a lot of times, pictures are posted as well on Facebook, so it's a little bit more. Uh, your your anonymity isn't as high. Absolutely, that Absolutely. tends to regulate some social behavior. Well, I think that's true. Um, and and the more anonymous you can be, the uh, the more of a bully it's easier to be. Right. Exactly. Well, if TripAdvisor is the friendly, and then next friendliest is Facebook, what comes next? We're getting into the least friendly. Well, territory. I think I I would say that Google is um, kind of the most matter of fact. I mean, they're they're kind of uh, just middle of the road, uh, you're going to find a good mix of friendly and not so friendly. Um, but those are people again that are they're using their Google logins, and um, there is uh, a little bit tied to them. Right. But right. And then there is there's the the most fantastic Yelp. <laughs> uh, which Yelp. Is, this is the place where you can absolutely irradiate a restaurant. Well, it's it's terrifying for a new restaurant owner um, to know that someone, um, anyone with a smartphone today, is a food critic, and you you have this automatic food blog with all of these uh, potential um, readers that are out there, and if you don't protect your um, online reputation in that way, then um, then it can be devastating. Right now, tell me about a time when you got a. a really negative Yelp review. You know, uh, there, there was one where, um, on a busy night, um, typically you have emotions are very high when 
the guests walk through the door and they have a uh, a larger size party and they see they see that there's already a wait and then when the host says you know welcome to our restaurant do you happen to have a reservation tonight there's a sinking feeling in that person's heart already Mm -hmm. because they know that their best plan on the place that they wanted to go to dinner was not quite so well laid um, and they should have made a reservation. They're so already behind the emotional curve. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Okay. And so, you know, this this particular person was very upset that uh, we didn't have a table available immediately. Um, we typically uh, uh, at restaurants that I've run, you kind of keep a few tables off of your reservation books. So say you'll take reservations for 80% of the restaurant, and that way you have 20% of your seating available for walk-ins. Um, that that in itself uh, is an opportunity for you to make someone feel really special oh, yeah. uh, to where, you know, oh, you know, you don't have a restaurant or a reservation tonight. Um, good news, I'm going to sneak you in. I have a table just for oh, you guys. Yeah, nicely played. Um, yeah. And so, you know, these folks were, uh, were in that no reservation group and they, uh, we did have some tables that were available f- for them in about 20 minutes or so. And the host offered, uh, them to just, uh, take a, a walk up to the bar yeah, and grab a, bar. grab a cocktail, yeah, sure. uh, enjoy your Friday night. And, uh, and you know, we would be seeing them shortly. And so at the restaurant, uh, this restaurant in particular, there's a bar area and then there are a few tables around the bar and the tables don't offer any uh, actual service. You walk up to the bar, you grab a drink, and then you can kind of stand at these little cocktail tables while you're waiting for your table. Gotcha. It's a, um, it is a waiting area. It it's absolutely just, is. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you're, you walk up to the bar and, and there was actually a sign that, uh, that stated order here. Um, and, and the folks didn't see that and they, uh, they ended up leaving the restaurant, uh, thinking that they were not acknowledged and taken care of. And so, uh, this person wrote a very scathing, very long one-star review, um, about, uh, how unaccommodating we were, uh, to her, uh, large party when there were clearly, um, you know, tables that were available and, and then we just completely ignored them at the bar. And, um, and so they, they left and went, took their money somewhere else. Wow. Yeah. You come online then maybe it's the next day or when do you see this? Uh, I see it when it goes off on my phone, Uh, (laughs) because there is no rest for the weary in the restaurant business. Those are things that, you know, you take pretty seriously. And with all of our push notifications for things like those, it, it just pops right up. Okay. Well, for our listeners, then the question has to be, gosh, all right, Chris, uh, you've created a great culture of service. You had a disconnect because you've got a um, rookie group who doesn't really know the place, doesn't know what to expect. They're, they've put themselves in a emotionally compromising situation. They've showed up with a big party with no reservation. Um, it's already a bit of a dice roll. And then they don't read a sign. There's a disconnect there. Um, you just get hammered on a Yelp review, one star with a lot of ugly language. All right. In Breaking Bad News, we talk about messaging, messenger, and method of delivery. You have to answer the question, what are you going to say? Or are you going to say anything? You get this uh, scathing review, and you have to go through that thought process. Um, What do I know in terms of the 
reality or what actually happened? And what am I going to say? Or any, am I going to make that choice? What did you choose? You know, I think um, what I chose in this particular circumstance was um, to, you know, first off, acknowledge the uh, guest's disappointment. Um, I try not to, or I try to make a point of not specifically apologizing for those uh, instances because we we didn't quite fail. We failed to communicate and uh, and create um, some accurate expectations for those folks. But um, there's not really anything that we did wrong. Right. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not perpetuating the fact that we're sorry because, you know, oh my gosh, we are such a horrible place and you're so right. Um, what what I do acknowledge is their disappointment. You have to. Yeah, I see you're frustrated. I yep. see you're upset. Yeah. And and I think you, at that point, you know, as a, as a restaurant manager, you temper um, – what your emotion is because this person just rated my life's work one star and and that's you want to find that person's house (laughs) well it's a it's a hard thing and typically restaurants are a a labor of love um and so you have to take a step back and think about um who is your audience and so uh the people that are reading yelp are potential customers or potential guests of your restaurant. And so you, you have to think about if I'm a potential guest of a restaurant and I read this one star review, what is going to make me still give that place a chance? And so I try to set the, set the record straight to a degree. And in this circumstance, I had a full firsthand knowledge of, of what had happened. I was in the restaurant. I was there at the first greeting. And so, you know, I kind of explained that, uh, yes, we did have several tables open. Um, those tables would not accommodate your large party that you brought in without a reservation. Um, we, we made some special arrangements to, to squeeze your group in and, um, asked you to wait at the bar. Um, and then acknowledge the fact that perhaps our signage wasn't the best. Um, as far as ordering at the so bar, give them a little accommodation yep. at least. Okay. Yep, absolutely. And and I think what this does is it it shows your, well, it shows one the previous guest that, hey, we we understand that we did not do our best for you in in that given moment. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully it puts them at ease and and at least gives them some willingness to give you another chance. You're the general manager of the restaurant. You're the messenger in this. The method you're using is to actually respond online to the Yelp posting directly. You're putting something back on Yelp. And your message is um, understanding with a little bit of empathy, but you're not moving all the way to apologizing or prostrating yourself, falling on swords, etc. Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes sense. Now, you may remember this. You and I worked on an issue together. It was a Coeur d'Alene restaurant involving a, a sheriff's deputy, a dog, the discharge of weapons, the uh, and a whole slew of social media, just a cascade of negative social media against a restaurant where an, this incident involving those elements, we'll leave it to the listener's imagination, but they just got creamed on social media. And they called you, then you called me. What do we do? Do you remember that uh, event? I do. I do. Absolutely. That was rough. Um, what we talked about and how we advised them during that was, look, 
much the same formula that you just described. You've got to start telling your side of the story, even in those um, social feeds that are really negative, right? Absolutely. And, you know, you have, and when you have a really heated uh, event like that, um, there are people that are going to go crazy with, with all of their emotions. And you hope that the, the future guests are going to realize that in your calculated response and, and very reasonable response, that they see that, okay, this, these people were trying to do their best and all of this other stuff is kind of uh, emotional noise. Part of what we have to try to coach ourselves through is the question of sourcing. What's the source of the issue? Is it the restaurant itself or is it one of those kind of circumstantial things? I often use a two by two and in Breaking Bad News, I've uh, published this two by two from Dr. Tim Coombs. In fact, you know what I'll do is I'll put it in the show notes for people to see, but you really have to work through um, four questions. Is the event external and intentional or external and unintentional? That means the source and the motive. Is the source internal and intentional or internal and unintentional? If you can work through that very fast, you can at least put yourself in a messaging mindset that say, basically, I don't have to take responsibility for this. I don't have to be, as the restaurant owner or GM, the one who uh, falls all over themselves apologizing. This is an external event that just happened to be unintentional. It's a circumstance beyond our control. And yet I got to defend the brand of my restaurant. Um, so your starting point in that kind of conversation is really tricky, but you've got to be able to cycle down through it fast. Absolutely. The um, place that we got to on this also required us to create social media response thresholds. So in phase one, well, this is a really fluid situation. Um, we advise the owner of that restaurant, hey, just monitor this. Let's see how the crowd responds and reacts to one another. Let's, uh, let's uh, not engage until such time as here's where the threshold gets tripped misinformation or or factually inaccurate information is being shared because that then perpetuates a myth that you have to respond to and try to correct. Well, after that, if you have misinformation that's um, spinning up even higher into an avalanche of negativity, that's where active engagement responded to every post to try to knock them down, uh, put a curb on them in some way, shape, or form. You just have to get in there and defend yourself. Well, that's tough to do. It's easy to say, tough to do. No, it sure is. And you hope, um, you know, going back to the the groupings of customers with the unreasonables, um, those are folks that uh, th they post that real purview and then they receive a response and, and the response is uh, a very reasonable and... Um, uh, calculated uh, response to their yeah. concerns, Logical. and yeah. right, and and then they still say, "Well, I still hate you." Um, well, 
okay, now we've just gotten, we've, we've passed the point of reason and we've passed the point that, you know, your steak was overcooked. Um, now you're just not that reasonable customer and, and maybe not all money is good money. Yeah, exactly. And that um, is one of those things inside of social media, especially. You have to have a feel for it and a tolerance for the trolling that will eventually occur, um, especially in high emotion situations. This one at that restaurant um, that you and I were working on together to try to give him some advice involved the death of a dog accidentally. Uh, but boy, that got uh, a lot of attention really quickly. After people expressed their initial emotions, the trolls took over. Right. That's when you have to moderate and try to figure out what's real and what's not. Super tough. Well, and it really, as you were saying, when you're when you're approaching that, you have to set the facts straight uh, as a as a any business, yeah. um, because it's through your no fault of your own, and and people need to understand that. And sometimes back to our messenger uh, component of the formula, it's not the restaurant owner or GM that needs to be the one. Perhaps it's a third party, someone who's an authority that saw this whole scene play out and can and uh, amplify uh, a setting the record straight kind of message. Certainly. Tough situation, though. Yeah. Well, it occurs to us, of course, as we think about the world of breaking bad news, that especially in food, you can have situations. We talk a lot about recalls in production. We'll talk about um, service gaffes or even um, situations like food contamination. Here it's... In the, air, in the arena of restaurants, it's a, about culture of service, when that service goes bad and how you deal with these negative reviews that come out. Boy, it's not easy. Not an easy arena at all. And Chris, it's been great for us to be able to talk through this and help our listeners at least um, appreciate, number one, what restaurant owners and GMs have to go through. And number two, give them a few tips and techniques about, ah, here's what we've got to expect as we go through that. So... Um, these are real life situations that you've talked about today and they are bad news breaks. It happens. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you having me, Jeff. It's It's been been, fun. Thanks for coming all the way from North Idaho just to be on breaking bad news. Just for this. It's the highlight of my year. (laughs) Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Breaking Bad News. Subscribe and learn more at apronfoodpr.com. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes. It really helps.